Welcome to Astro Blast, my podcast. Me, Jenny. Girls night. The note says Jess starts. But I'm glad that you've really taken to the microphone we've given you once again for this episode. Mm-hmm. When I say we, I mean just me, because Chris is on tour still, so we are having Girls Night. Girls Night, Girls Night, Girls Night, Girls Night. Jenny's stoked. We're doing slumber party style everything for this episode, including Jenny, who's wearing a face mask, a lush coffee face mask. That's that right. Caffeine is just surging through her veins right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting hyped. I'm uh, <laughs> just wearing my freaking boxer shorts and a t-shirt pajama time i'm in my pajamas um also boxer shorts listen one thing you should know about jenny and i is that we're gay how dare (laughs) you wear boxer shorts as much as possible (laughs) well they're really comfortable and we're knee deep in chips and homemade guacamole and there's some apple cider cookie thins and some pumpkin spice cheesecake sandwich creams which i won't be eating the latter but i will be eating the former yeah we're going to snack town snack town slumber party town girls night we're gonna gossip we're gonna talk about astrology we're gonna talk about hot people and then we're gonna answer some advice questions because don't you want to be advised by two adult women having a young girl style slumber party in their house let us help you you could be as cool as us just follow these simple steps are we giving the steps no i'm just not like the steps will happen when we give advice oh right okay yeah so um please hold for about 40 minutes and then we'll finish the thought there hell yeah I keep accidentally licking this cup of coffee face mask. Does it taste good? It tastes great. (laughs) Does it taste like coffee? Yeah. Oh, so you really are getting just juiced up with caffeine right now. I'm telling you. Well, you got to have plenty of energy to stay up talking about boys with their shirts off and stuff. Mm -hmm. We're definitely, we're going to get there for sure. Um, Unfortunately, Chris can't be here with his shirt off. Um, we've barred him from coming into the state of California during our slumber party. This is no boys allowed. Yes, girls only. And boys by, keep out. By barred him from entering the state of California, I mean he is in Brooklyn right now playing a show on tour, and he's not. We were gonna prank call him to bring him into the episode, but um, he's gonna be busy. He's too cool for us to prank call tonight. I mean, he's got to sell that merch so he can come home and buy us. Yo-yos and shit. Yo-yos. What about like nail polish? That's more on theme for the episode. I was just thinking, what would daddy bring home? No. Just kidding. Chris isn't daddy. The hell? I'm clearly the daddy in this three-person dynamic. Well, either way, him being away is fitting for the episode because here we are gossiping about boys. I wonder what he's up to. (gasps) He's probably playing a perfect show. He's probably in a green room painting his nails right now. That's actually pretty accurate (laughs) okay here we go here we go rate and review us on the podcast app please um and we may read your review such as jenny take it away here is a review from somebody named cranberry dijon with a k which is i have to say a really great name if you're planning something's kind of ominous about it ominous i was gonna say it sounds like a cool dj it's like cranberry dijon but not what you're used to interesting okay so we're i feel like we're getting very different reads on this vibe but What Cranberry Dijon has to say is, went in, not interested in astrology, came out, born hot. So what I'm getting from this review is basically this person was just Chris Farron the whole time. First, not interested in astrology, later, born hot. Yeah, they're like Chris Farron in reverse, but still Chris Farron. (laughs) (laughs) It's like two Chris Farron (gasps) 69ing. 
It's oh, a slumber party. This is what people talk true. about yes. at slumber parties. People are always talking about two Chris Farrens 69ing at the slumber parties I go to, for when, sure. When you were 12 at a slumber party, didn't you say, well, who's your crush? And do you imagine them 69ing themselves? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I thinking? Of course. <laughs> well, anyway... <laughs> Write into us at astroblasting.com or at our email astroblasting at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, both at astroblasting, to keep in touch with us on when new episodes come out and who's in them and that kind of stuff. And Speaking also, of- yeah, some like hot goss, new playlist right freaking now, Libra playlist, and I helped yeah this time chris didn't um pull five songs completely out of his ass in the theme of the season <laughs> this time jenny actually came up with what did you do um so, so they did like a sprinkling of libras and sprinkling of like libran type songs right yeah nice uh yeah those are on spotify and on apple music you can find those links um on our website under astro jams or if you just search for astro blast in those apps they should come up and also jenny and i did an astro probe with Leah of the band Slothrust. Oh, yeah. The first time I finally had someone with me to do an astro probe since Chris has been on tour. Um, so that was a blast. So that will be dropped at some point in this episode. And I think we did all the stuff. Thank God. Let's get back to Slumber Party. Um, yeah. When is the pillow fight? Is the pillow fight now? Actually, to tell you the truth, I've always hated pillow fights. I was born hating them and I still hate them today. I'm a Pisces moon only child, so I just you? don't like to be... No one hurt me, and that's why I hate pillow fights. I didn't have a brother or sister to, like, do shit to me that would piss me off, that would, like, create a hard exterior. Instead, I just fucking hate when anybody does anything remotely, like, fun and violent. Like, you know, like... Fun and violent. So if I smacked you with a pillow, you would start crying? Or you would be like, I need to be alone? I would be like, stop. <laughs> okay so let's not have a pillow fight that that's how i feel fun. about like snowball fights too i'm just like cut the shit quit the reindeer games and get the fuck away from me yeah you, but also you've never liked reindeer games no reindeer games are for losers anyway you're probably listening to this in your car but if you want to put your pajamas on and find the shittiest junk food in your house and hang out with us for the course of the next handful of Oh, well, like 25 minutes. <laughs> do uh, it. We're going to do slumber party stuff. All right. Hell starting yeah. now. Go. Uh, yeah, I need a chip. How did I do on the guacamole? Did I do okay? It's so good. Did you ever talk about astrology at a slumber party? Actually, I feel like neither of us really went to like true girl slumber parties, right? Hmm. Not like in the movies. Not like, not when I was old enough to be thinking about my crush 69ing himself you know yeah i only ever i would go to like birthday parties but it was never like just like oh we're gonna have a slumber party this weekend it would always be like around an event like a birthday party yeah so they weren't super common yeah otherwise like i slept over people's houses a lot but just not in like a group setting yeah and i feel like all the ones i went to like the person whose house it was like by the end of the night Whoever it was, like their younger sibling would have ended up like crying for some reason and like what? <laughs> like trying to like spy on us or something. And then like the girl whose party it was would like smack her brother in the face and he would go tell on her and then it would be like a whole dramatic thing. Oh my God. <laughs> You're acting like this is insane. But this feels seems... like standards like slumber party shit. It sounds so high maintenance for it to be like your general experience of slumber parties. I slept over this girl's house once who was my friend in like sixth grade. 
and um her sister her younger sister she's like a couple years younger than us kept trying to like join in but she would just be like get the fuck out of here this isn't your slumber party and then we watched the ring and everybody oh no everybody fell asleep except me and i didn't know how to turn the dvd off because i was in sixth grade and i was just like i don't fucking know how your massive entertainment system works and so the dvd screen was horrifying and just kept repeating over and over and i was just awake staring (gasps) at it like the menu screen and then in the middle of the night her sister fell down the stairs oh my god (laughs) she like (laughs) was coming down to get a glass of water and fell and then she started just scream crying and i was so scared oh god anyway we don't have any stairs in our house yeah let's not do any of that (laughs) you don't want to draw straws see who has to fall down the stairs no so i thought it would be responsible and also fun and educational if i tried to talk through just like touch on each planetary placement that you've talked about so far in the podcast just to see if my understanding of them lines up with uh, what you're about. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Sorry, it's cookie time. Okay, sun sign. It's like your skeleton. It's like your core. It's like your true nature that you can't escape. Mm-hmm, the ego. Right, right, right. Then your moon is like your emotional interior and it's like how you look to be loved and that kind of thing Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many cookies okay and then your rising is how you appear to other people and how you wish to assert yourself in the world and how you wish to assert yourself in the world okay cool because i was gonna ask wh- how how you interface with your own rising sign if it's just about other people perceiving you but but that makes a lot of sense how you wish to assert yourself in the world mm-hmm. that's why when we do the astro probes and I ask people what character they aspire to be more like. It's because that's kind of like, I've talked before about the rising sign being like the suit that you zip up before you leave your house in the morning. It's kind of like that, you know, it's like, it's the way that you consciously present yourself. Okay. Then there's Mercury. And that's about like your mentality, how you process things, like how your brain works. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then there's Venus. And that's like all about like sexual beinghood and love values and your deepest desires your deepest for like not just like not deep like horny desires but deep like life desires horny desires and life desires yeah like where you want to be seeing yourself ultimately when you imagine your happy place in the world that's kind of connected to your venus okay then there's uh mars and mars is like how are you explaining this to me the other day is it sort of like you're kind of like primal raw reaction to the or like like no filter kind of like it's how you it's how you do things and how you get things done what drives you you're kind of like when you're on a mission it's like your mars is the one deciding how you handle that mission the way i described it in the mars episode was it's like your horse that you need to help get you places but if you let it run wild then your mars will you'll be seeing the the bad sides of your mars Ah. but if you hold it back too much then you're not going to get to where you're trying to go. So it's about working with the energies of your Mars so you get things done efficiently in your own, like, how you envision efficiency. Yeah, it's just about doing. And also it's about doing it. It's like the sex, the the more, like, raw, primal sides of sex and, and attraction. Okay, then there's Jupiter, of course. Mm-hmm. And Jupiter is where I start to falter. What's the... 
deal with Jupiter? Jupiter is abundance. It's kind of like where your like sweet spot is in, in terms of like your life. It's where where you Jupiter is like your fast track to like joy, abundance, luck and happiness. It's like the energies that you thrive in to get you where you're going and um And that's as far as you guys have gotten, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're all you're all like I'm a perfect stand in for Chris Farron. You're probably you probably know way more than Chris does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that covers that. You came up Jenna came up with a really good idea for this episode where we're gonna tell each other who we think the hot are like the hottest person is for each sign. Yes. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. We kind of talked a little bit about this before we were taping, but what I noticed in my list of hot people is that um, a lot of them haven't changed in the last like 10 to 20 years. What did you say about yours last night? I was saying that um, it's just like hard for me to like think of hot people. Uh, but you're always talking about hunks. Yeah, I am. But then like when I try to think of there, there's a difference between being hot and being a hunk. Like hunks can be hot, but you don't have to be a hunk to be hot. I feel like I also know hunks that aren't hot. Like they're like objectively attractive, but I wouldn't be like, this person's That's hot. The I one. would yeah, be more like they're jacked. Yeah, hotness is not just like maintaining your body in an Adonis like fashion. It's also like, is there mystery? Yeah, okay, go Jenny. Okay, who's the hottest Aries? I'll tell you. It's Rooney Mara. Boo. And it's Rooney Mara before Carol, because I feel like people will hear me say Rooney Mara and assume that I mean because Carol, but I saw Rooney Mara. Oh, was she the other girl, and the like younger woman in Carol? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you're saying boo, and you still don't know who Rooney Mara is. Yeah, exactly. She's like an amorphous blob of like hot girl. She looks, no, like, no, an, no, no, she no, looks no. like an art hoe. She has beautiful eyebrows. Sure. And beautiful eyes. Okay, mine is Nathan Fillion. Who is a very hot Aries. Yeah. Him and his little get up in Firefly. That's a real good get up. Yeah. Um, one time I stood very near Nathan Fillion. How'd it go? It was at a venue. He was at a show that I was opening. For whom? For Bob Schneider. Uh, is that who he was there for? He is a, I, afterwards, I went to Nathan Fillion's MySpace page and- the In hell? the like music that he likes, he was like, some things come and go, but like Bob Schneider is forever. Bob Schneider is like his guy. Oh my God. And I was out opening for Bob Schneider. Um, but this guy comes up to the merch table and starts chatting up <laughs> the merch guy whose name was Jay-Z. And Nathan comes up and he's like, hey, what's up? My name's Nathan. And Jay-Z is like, hey, my name's Jay-Z. And I was like, meanwhile, staring at him. And I was standing there with my friend and we were both like, oh my God, it's the guy from Buffy. It's the, it's the preacher from Buffy. It's the preacher from Buffy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. The hottest Taurus is Chris Farron, of course. Come at me, bro. I would have considered picking him, but I will prove you wrong. Kirsten Dunst. I feel like anyone okay. o- over the age of like 26 can attest to the fact that Kirsten Dunst is the queen of everyone. She is a queen. I've had a, like a lifelong obsession with her. She's definitely the, the queen of my list. Uh, how how obsessive was your obsession? Deep. My friend and I found a bunch of Marie Antoinette posters downtown and ripped every single one down we could find and plastered them all over our bedroom walls, despite like how that may have affected the sales. It was for the soundtrack for Marie Antoinette. So it, it may have negatively impacted the sales, but um, <laughs> it was worth it and I would do it again. Okay, who'd you pick for Gemini? 
Well, the hottest Gemini, present company excluded, of course, is KJ Appa. That's also who I put for Gemini. Yeah, look at those abs. Um, Archie from Riverdale is who that is. Yeah. For anyone who may not. Yeah, if you have a brick of Parmesan cheese that you want grated, all you have to do is rub it across his <laughs> For anyone who has stomach. too much self-respect to know who that is, um, he plays uh, Archie in Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like should we have actually been like slumber party age right now that at least one of us would have a fold-out poster of him on our wall from Tiger Beat or whatever, like whatever kids look at now for magazines. Or is it just the internet? Yeah, they need the like magazine Google. when you have your phone. Well, the hottest cancer that I could think of is D.B. Woodside, of course, from Buffy. Principal Wood. He is definitely a hottie. I can't wait to get to that arc in your podcast, your yes. you watch podcast. Sir, yes, sir. Let me file those uh, student. Yeah, Principal Wood is very, he's tray, tray hot. Hell yeah. I had Selma Blair. I think she's hot in everything I've seen her in. She's pretty consistent. She like looks pretty like... She looks like Selma Blair in everything she does. Um, True. Not complaining, but specifically had her on this list because of her makeout scene in Cruel Intentions with Sarah Michelle Gellar, who unfortunately didn't make the list because of Aries. I just had to pick Nathan Fillion over her. But anyways, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair are like disturbingly hot in Cruel Intentions. I don't care how many <laughs> stepbrothers and stepsisters are making out oh, with each other. yeah. I don't care how many stepbrothers and stepsisters. <laughs> Put it on my grave. <laughs> Who'd you pick for Leo? Who's the hottest Leo? I'll tell you who the hottest Leo is. It's Madeline Petch. You would. I would, and I did, and I would again, and I hope to again later as well. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline Petch, she plays Cheryl Blossom on Riverdale. Disturbing amount of Riverdale <laughs> actors showing up on this list. Oh, wow. My Leo is also from Riverdale. I picked Cole Sprouse, who plays Jughead. Wow. <laughs> um, You talk about Madeline Pesch, like, a lot. No, 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 no. Yeah, you do. No, she's just, like, yeah, around yeah, a lot. She's just, like, hither When you and told there. me about this list, the first thing that I thought was, well, whatever sign Madeline Pesch is is going to be Jenny's. Well... But Cole Sprouse has a real hot head of hair, and I feel like he... He's, he, a we he's weird. He's a weirdo. He's Gen Z's Leonardo DiCaprio. He's not my Leonardo DiCaprio, but he's Gen Z's Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. He wears, like, if you look up pictures of him, there's a lot of, like, really beautiful, like, studio shots of him just, like, wearing really nice men's clothes, and his hair is all tussled, and he's, mm. like, smoldering. Hot. Yeah. Okay. Who's the hottest Virgo? Mm-hmm. The hottest Virgo was Keanu Reeves, obviously. Oh, that's such a good one. Yeah, just think about his recent one. John Wick facial hair. Mm. It doesn't even matter because he's got such a sweet soul. Yeah, his like, sweet soul whatever. makes him so hot. I know. I picked Alexis Bledel, which sounds basic as hell. I understand that. Hmm. But I once saw her in a Five Guys in Minneapolis, and she was pretty hot. In a Five Guys in Minneapolis, this math is really something. Luke would be pissed. <laughs> Luke would be so mad. Well, she's married to the guy from Mad Men that she has, I think, an affair with in Mad Men. He's like that really like ferrety little bitch man. Yeah, she's on Mad Men. I didn't know that. She had an arc, yeah, for oh like at least a season, if not more. But she ended up marrying that little shit face, like rat fink guy in Mad Men. I can't think of his name. Vincent. Carthesier or something. Oh my god, and he's an angel. Mm hmm Did you just put your foot in a glass of water? I sure did. Slumber party, baby. <laughs> Someone always kicks over a glass of water at a slumber party. Or of like 
Sunny D or something. I don't know. What do people drink at slumber parties? <laughs> like, oh, there's like two liters of Sprite, right? That's like a slumber party drink. Remember two liters of something? I'm I glad don't. they're gone. Those suck. Everything gets flat, especially at a summer party. You know, you know, fucking like Sarah's gonna leave the jug open or something, and then it's gonna go flat by 10 p.m. Fuck fucking you, Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> oh shit. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so she married that guy, and he's from Minneapolis. So they oh, okay. they must that be like sense. Minnesota or something. So she must have been there for that. But she was. It was just me, my roommate, and Alexis Pladell. No one was in the five guys. And we kept doing double takes. She like she knew that we knew who she was, and I felt so guilty for like knowing who she was. I was like, I'm sorry, but her blue eyes like cut me in half from across the five guys. Mm-hmm. And this is why as I always say famous people should have an island that they could be on where they wouldn't have to feel like they were being seen, and we wouldn't have to feel like we were seeing them. <laughs> or I guess we could just not live in Los Angeles. They have to live on the sets of the movies and shows that they're on. They're not allowed to leave. That's your punishment. Um, who did you pick for Libra? I'm glad you asked, Jess. Me too. The hottest Libra is Lena Headey from Game of Thrones. She plays Cersei Lannister. Hot, oh, hot, hot, right. hot, hot. She's got like evil, a- amazing actor. She has like a classic beauty about her. As you said recently to me about her, anyone that can stand on a balcony sipping red wine and just like steal the show is <laughs> has got something about them. She can do. 10 times as much acting with her face and no words and no like body as most of the cast of most things could do with their entire business. Uh, who's the hottest Libra? Oh, you just said Alexis Bledel. No, Wait. that was Virgo. Oh, For Libra, I picked Tari Neff. Okay. I stalk her Instagram. She's so beautiful. It's fucked up. Well, you know who the hottest Scorpio is? I know you know who the hottest Scorpio is. Yes. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know what just happened in my mouth. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> How dare you butcher his name like that? I just got too excited. Actually, sorry. It's Romeo and Juliet era specific Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, no one's out Stunning. there arguing. No one's out there arguing that Leonardo DiCaprio today is smoldering hot. I mean, he's getting by. I mean, it's like everyone goes through changes as they age. And when you're as perfect as he looked in the 90s, I feel like any change, you couldn't get hotter than that. (laughs) So if you're going to change, then, you know, you can only go down from the peak. Yes, exactly. And he's fine now. He's fine. But I'm not talking about him now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Romeo and Juliet, Leo DiCaprio is like one of the hottest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Who'd you pick for Sag? The hottest Sagittarius is Miley you- Cyrus. Oh. The hottest Sagittarius is Jenny Owen Young. That's what I thought you were going to say. Ah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Miley's hot. I only recently started just like fully taking in just how cool she is. Dude. Dude. The other day when she was like tweeting about how she like was always getting in trouble for like ripping bongs and... Yeah, she like ripped a bong in Walmart, like cut her cut her deal off or something. I was like, whoa. Nice. <laughs> She's great. She's when I saw her, this is gonna sound so stupid, but at the end of Black Mirror, when she's in that punk band, mm-hmm. that was like the final that was the final blow. I was like, okay, I succumb. Yeah. I picked Kristen Ritter. An excellent choice. She's got kind of like a unique hotness to her. Uh-huh. And like I feel like not that people are their roles, but like I feel like she's done kind of stuff at like both ends of the spectrum. Her range is wild. Yeah, yeah. She's hot when she's like 
a terrifying evil socialite in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. <laughs> Great show, by the way. Very under understated. Oh, my God. That show is like, yeah, deeply underappreciated. And then she's hot as fuck when she's Jessica Jones and she never cracks a smile and will kick your ass. Like, no matter what she's doing, she's hot. Yes. Yeah, step on my face, Jessica. Capricorn. The hottest Capricorn is Zane from One Direction. I'm the sorry. Fuck? I'm sorry. Look at his... His molten eyes, pools of dark liquid, his perfectly coiffed hair, his beautiful mouth. Mmm, delicious. When I think of him, I think of Five O'Clock Shadow, which is hot, so I'll let it slide. Does he have Five O'Clock Shadow, or do I just imagine it? Is he allowed to, or does he have to be shaven for the teens? No, he's he's always got some facial hair going on. Oh, yes. (laughs) I picked Jamie Clayton. She was Nomi in Sense8. Uh-huh. When that show dropped, I I came for the interesting intro to episode one, and I stayed for Jamie Clayton being hot as fuck. There are several strap-on scenes, which made it very, um... Oh, my goodness. Who'd you pick for Aquarius? The hottest Aquarius is Mahershala Ali from Luke Cage, from Moonlight... He's like all over the place. Right. He's Luke Cage's nemesis in season one. Mm -hmm. Very hot when he Mm. plays that piano. But also, why isn't Luke Cage on either of our lists? Damn, that man is hot. Uh Uh-huh. Mike something. Coulter? Coulter. Mm -hmm. I picked, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, not to get too sexy and use a sexy word here, but I think mine might trump everyone in this (laughs) list. (laughs) (laughs) John Travolta in Greece, as if cut from marble, no matter who you are, man or woman or anything, you cannot deny the power of John Travolta as Danny Zuko. Yeah, he's so hot. He's so beautiful and dreamy and sexy and so feminine with his masculinity and his dark features and his little perfectly fit leather jacket, his little pants, his little cigarette pants. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. His blue eyes. His smile. His falsetto. His jawline. (laughs) His falsetto. (laughs) Okay, what'd you get for Pisces? What'd you The hottest Pisces is Jodie Comer, who plays Villanelle on Killing Eve. Yeah. Look at her go. Another great show. Very hot, very cool. I picked one that's kind of a deep cut. It was hard to find Pisces, but when I thought of this guy, I looked him up and was like, oh, he's Pisces, perfect. Russell Wong, he was in joy luck club as if you've seen it or read it one of the mother's generation one of the like older women who has a flashback to the 50s and like the man who woos her is this beautiful beautiful man named russell wong who's kind of like the in the plot of the movie he's like the the guy that all of the women are lusting after and they they all want him to pick be picked by him as his wife and there's a scene where he like is staring at the woman in the movie like across the courtyard and he has a watermelon and he just like stares at her and hacks into the watermelon with like a cleaver or something some (laughs) kind of knife and then like reaches into the watermelon and pulls out a bunch of it and it's like dripping down his arm his like forearm and then he like looks at her and like licks the watermelon and it's so hot oh my god Yep, Russell Wong. That's uh, that's my pick. All right, so we did it. We talked about hot guys. And All pe- right. You know, it wasn't supposed to be hot guys, but for two lesbians, I think we picked, like, I think our lists combined were, like, 75% men. Well, I think you were saying the other day that, like, it's just, like, more of a feat for guys to be hot because women have an inherent hotness. It's like, of course women are hot. We get it. 
So when a man is hot, it's like startling. You're like, who are you? Yeah, mine was five women and seven dudes. And I'm Sounds just like my straight gay. Ex-wife. I oh my god, what? <laughs> my ex-wife was five women and seven men. <laughs> hot. Do you know what would make me so happy right now is if we could take a moment and swing over to an astro probe, please. Let's do it. We are here today with my good friend Leah from the band Slothrust. How's it going? Going great. Uh, We're here to talk to you about astrology today. But first, actually, I feel like we should tell the origin story of how we met. We toured together. Slothrust and Tancred did a tour in 2017. Yeah, that sounds right. 2017. Somewhere in there. It was in the fall. It was in um it was in August. Oh, was it? It was in August. And we went to um that was the one and only tour that we've gone to Montreal. Oh yeah. Montreal was weird. Montreal was totally weird. We but lo- beautiful. Yeah, oh yeah. I had a pretty good day there, but um we got we had a terrible, terrible time crossing the border. Oh, yeah. You so, guys got, had your whole... Yeah, we had our whole, like, bus, like, surged oh and... Oh, my God. Yeah, the, the old bandwagon. Yeah, you guys were there at, like, four in the morning for hours, right? Yeah, we were um, We were not smart about the way we approached the situation. We we did have a bunch of weed with us, and we smoked it before crossing. We were like, <laughs> we're like, cool, like, let's, let's just... We'll smoke all the weed before we cross into Canada, right? That's the right thing to do. What we didn't think about is if you hotbox a vehicle and then try to cross the border, they're going to be like, are you guys fucking kidding me? Like, it smells like we get off the bus. We're searching it. And uh, we were like, you know, we didn't have any weed with us. We didn't have anything that we like, you know, anything that we thought would be a problem. But I think that our attitude and just the fact that we were so flip as to smoke so soon to crossing the border. Yeah. They really didn't appreciate it. And I will never make that mistake again. (laughs) I will never make. We've crossed the border a few times since then. And every time I'm, you know, stone cold sober, no interest in. Yeah. No interest in like messing with that again. You're like, no, officer, I'm waiting to buy my weed till I get into the country. Truly. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. It was terrible. Um. Welp. <laughs> on that note, I'm actually gonna, I'm drinking red wine, and I think I'm gonna stop. Could you have this on the table? Because I remembered I had cough syrup. I'm like, oh having my some, god, like rouge drink on this podcast yes. right now. Um, you also- black out. <laughs> yeah, it's the best one yet. Yeah, what signs the most likely to black out during a podcast? <laughs> Gemini is a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, also, Leah lives very close to me in Los Angeles, um, so we are neighbors. <laughs> And uh, this was a hop and a skip to come over and enjoy this purple drink that I just had. All right. So tell me about astrology and what you've got going on with it. When did you get into it or not and all of that? I will say that I've become more interested in it over the past, I would say, two years or so. But really the past six months to a year is when I've started to look at it and uh, take it more seriously and really make an effort to understand how it can be used as this like amazing tool to understand yourself and to understand other people Mm -hmm. and just to uh, sort of evaluate various life paths and circumstances. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a really great tool in those ways. Prior to that, I think I passed a lot of judgments on it because I knew people who would be really you know, you'd say something and they go, oh, well, that's such a Leo thing to say. That's blah, blah, blah. You know, people just being really dismissive and sort of making everything about astrology instead of being able to, uh, yeah, it just, it just, it felt like, it felt like things would get sort of pushed to be about that when they're, when it's so much more, but really that, that it came from like a a lack of 
of understanding how deep astrology can be and how many different facets there are to all of it. So yeah. I I didn't appreciate getting told, oh, that's such a Leo thing, such a Leo thing, because it was like usually negative stuff. It's like uh, condescending. It's like it, it's when people like kind of retort with things like that. It's 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 always like it's othering. And mm-hmm. also simultaneously reductive for astrology. It kind of like appeases no one, which is why I started this podcast mm. was uh, to kind of be an in-between between people who don't know a lot about it and who do know a lot about it to be able to speak about it with each other without like insulting anyone or, um, you know, passing judgment. What are your big three? So I'm a Leo sun and a Taurus rising and a Libra moon. Should I be chiming in? Yeah. The, I don't usually chime the in. The first like few minutes that I was talking to Leah, I forgot I'm so used to doing them without anyone yeah. that I forgot you were like there with a microphone. So please just like say things. <laughs> Jenny, um, would you like to ask the first question? <gasps> yeah, I've been waiting for this moment for such a long time. Leah, this is a question that has to do with your son. With a you. What is <laughs> You got me. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think your purpose is? My purpose? Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. This is the standard first layer of response to this question. Yeah. And then... Well, one thing that I've made an effort to do as I've, like, grown as a musician and been able to perform in front of more people is spread a message on stage that I think it's really important to try to have conversations with people that don't have the same set of set as uh, of beliefs as you do and to try to understand where they're coming from. And once that understanding can be met, then minds can be changed if there's a mind that is, you know, where the driver is hate or insecurity or fear. And ideally, those types of conversations and sort of uncovering, uh, you know, discrepancies in beliefs can ultimately lead to a place of universal love where everyone can come together and realize that a lot of us actually want the same thing and we're just approaching it from different angles and not taking the time to really understand each other. Your answer so far has been maybe the most human answer uh, in like a maybe like a biological sense that we've yet had to this question uh, because you could argue that any living creature's purpose on earth is to evolve and um, evolution is definitely the key component here to what you're talking about and what your purpose is to help people expand and grow or encourage people to expand and grow. Moon question. What makes you feel safe? Oh, what makes me feel safe? Okay, so I'm someone who definitely struggles with uh, sort of catastrophic thinking in a a quite micro way. I worry about knocking over glasses of water all the time, uh, getting into, you know, small accidents, whether it means dropping something a lot of really small things that I'm constantly worried about and then the bigger stuff is sort of always there uh but I'm trying to like look at that in my adult life definitely in my in my like more teenage years I was it definitely was quite consuming and I would try to get away from it but now that I'm older and trying to you know be my highest functioning highest vibrating self I try to try to look at those things and say what is this worry why is it coming up for you where does it come from is it is it you is it is it inherited is is it, you know, just a because it can just be confusing when you're worried about little things all the time and then you see that other people are not. But seeing that other people are not is the most amazing thing to me, actually, uh, <laughs> realizing I can put some of that down. But something that makes me feel good and safe is stargazing, staring up at the stars and realizing oh, how small you are. Ah, That's God. really satisfying. Just I think that all of those little worries that come up sort of go away when you look at something that's so ginormous and realize 
you know, if the glass of water gets knocked over, it's actually not the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people tend to say their bedroom, which... Um... Bullshit. We <laughs> 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 call bullshit on that safe in your bedroom, you know? Like, I mean, yes, but also... I think that in a literal way, I could see how that is the correct, like how that feels right. Yeah. And in some ways, yes, my bedroom is absolutely where I feel safe. But in the greater sense, if we're thinking about like universal safety and what actually makes you feel safe with your own mind in the bigger world, it's 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 not your bedroom. Yeah, I think like my bedroom is where my body feels safest, but it's also where my mind has the mo- the highest volume of existential crises. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, rising question. Would you like to do the honors, Jennifer? Yes, I would. Leah, please tell us in no uncertain terms, who is a fictional character from television, film, literature, comic books, plays, other forms of media that I haven't listed? Who is a character uh, to which you aspire or who you admire, who you'd like to be more like? I, you know, this doesn't feel like the answer to this question, but it's just what came to me first, what I feel like I want to say, which is uh, Hedwig from Hedwig and the Angry Inch is, uh, I mean, it's a complicated answer. I feel like it's, it's, it's a really complicated answer, but there's something about thinking about Hedwig that when I perform makes me feel more comfortable and more inspired. Oh, hell yeah. So. I'll go with that. Sick. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming and doing this with us, Leah. <laughs> Thank um, you, guys. You can hear Leah's music with her band Slothrust at? I mean, you know, all the, like, obvious streaming platforms. You can go to slothrust.com and really get to get to all the stuff. And uh, you got anything fun coming up? Anything else coming up? Well, my partner Charlotte and I have started to do a meditation series, which has been cool. And I'm like producing and sort of like in scoring them. Yeah. Um, and they are they are on a variety of different topics. We put one out a couple weeks ago, which was called a Rainbow Meditation, which was named after our new kitten, Rainbow. <gasps> um, and yeah, we're about to make some more. So you know, mindfulness and taking a minute to slow down is something I really encourage, especially in a world that has so much violence. I think that if people uh, pause before reacting, they would find that their inclination to use violence, uh, whether it's, you know, physical or or mental, whatever language. <laughs> energetic. <laughs> well, yeah, energetic violence. <laughs> it, it, it That'd does... be a sick punk band name. <laughs> energetic <laughs> violence. Yeah, let's start it. Forget about Tankard. Forget about Slothrus. Forget about Jenny Owen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Energetic <laughs> violence. <laughs> uh, except the opposite, you know. <laughs> Passive love, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where yeah. can where can people find uh, those meditations? Uh, you can find the meditations at www.charlottechandler.com. Or if you you know an easier way to get to them is if through the if you go to the Sloth Rust uh, Instagram or to my personal Instagram, which is just my name, Lee Wellbaum, You can link to there, or you can go to Charlotte's, which is her name. But yeah, Charlotte Chandler. There you go. Party so, on! Yeah, sick. <laughs> so what's next on our? to do list. Well, one thing we didn't do is in the episode that we did, episode five, The List with Brittany Ashley, where our friend Brittany Ashley came on and me and Chris and her all went through our like dating patterns, our list of people we'd been with romantically or sexually and figured out our patterns for attraction. Oh, yes. You didn't have a mic for that. So what's your list all about? Well, I'm staring at it right now. 
And here's what I can tell you. There's at least one of everything. How many people are on your list? A bunch. We said our numbers. Mine was like 24 or something. What's yours? Uh, uh 29. Jesus Christ. I've been busy. Um, the highest concentrations are Gemini, Sagittarius, Taurus. Five Taurus. You know when you go to a slumber party when you're 12 and you're like, how many boys have you kissed? And someone's like, 29. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Come on now. So five Taurus, four Sagittarius, three Gemini. Those are the highest. About Taurus Sagittarius. Although I will say there are a few people that I have not been able to determine their signs. Yeah, I mean, it's only natural with 29 people. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. But then I also broke it down by um, element. Ten earth signs. Whoa. Seven fire, five air, four water. You always tell me you don't identify with your Capricorn Venus, and yet almost half your list, more than a third of your list, is earth signs. Mm. Okay. So I'm just saying all right so yeah what do you make of this anything i should be taking away from this data i know that some of your longest relationships have been with people with a lot of sagittarius placements or strong sagittarius placements and then your venus is an earth sign and you're drawn to them like flies to a lamp or whatever moths to a flame they traditionally say moths to a flame girls night girls night girls night girls night with astro blast <laughs> Tonight on Girls Night with Astro Blast. <laughs> okay, let's do some advice questions. Can I read the first one? By all means. Okay, so this question comes from Steph, who has an Aquarius sun, a Libra moon, and a Leo rising. That's almost me. I have a Libra moon and a Leo rising. Steph says, I don't know whether I should move into my boyfriend's place and risk our relationship and my parents or try to make living with my parents work and risk my relationship with my boyfriend and my happiness. So it sounds like this person is torn between moving in with their boyfriend or continuing to live with their parents. But both, it, it sounds like their boyfriend isn't happy about the, them living with their parents and their parents wouldn't be happy with them living with their boyfriend. Yeah. And what I say, I've got two things to say about it. I would first say, follow your heart. You got to do what you want to do. YOLO, baby. You only get one life on this gay earth and you got to go with what your heart tells you. Secondly, I would also say that if you're a younger person and you haven't, you don't have like a whole lot of experience with living with a partner, that's what your youth is all about is figuring out. I mean, it's about growing and like coming into yourself and having experiences I lived with a couple partners in my day and um, in my younger years, and I always, you know, obviously the things would end and I would move out, but like I learned from it. I learned how to live with a partner and how to get close to people and have serious relationships. So I'm always here for an experience. I always suggest experiences. But if you're not feeling that vibe, if you're like, well, I'm not really sure I want to, and my heart doesn't tell me I should move in with my significant other, then definitely don't do it. Because that's just going to be a nightmare to go through if your heart's not in it. Well, they say, it sounds like they say trying to continue to live with their parents is going to risk their relationship with their boyfriend and risk their own happiness. So it sounds like this person wants to move in with their boyfriend. Then you got to just Steph, fucking do it. grab those... <sighs> grab, grab those, those reins. <sighs> More are you going to say? I, I was just like afraid of what you were gonna say grab no, those I was, what i was trying to think of some lyrics to old town road but my mind you gotta take your horse to the old town road and ride till you can't no more 
Hell fucking And whether yeah. you want to be writing your boyfriend or writing your parents, that's up to you. Whoa. Next question. Next question is a Gemini, no name, Gemini, sun, and moon in Aries rising. And they say, I'm moving in with my girlfriend soon. We've been together for about four years and things are going good. But I'm curious if you have any, if you have any advice for living with a significant uh, other. Steph, well, I hope you're still listening. Yeah, this is just segues right into the first question. Well, I've got plenty of advice to give about living with a significant other. Do you? Yeah, sure. Please go first. Well, the difference between living with a significant other and with a roommate, like a friend or someone that you met through a roommate thing, um, site or what have you, an app, is this like a roommate app, whatever, <laughs> is those people you get sick of real quick because when they do things you don't like, you just don't like it. But when it's someone that you have feelings for or you love then you're a lot more forgiving of those things. It's definitely easier. Like I would always recommend living with a partner over living with a roommate and that all of that to say, you're going to have a good time living with your partner. I would say the most important thing that you can do is to make sure you're letting them breathe in their own space. If they do things that you hate, unless it's really causing a problem, you got to just like allow some room for them to do their own living and and shit Mm. and on the other side of that you can't be too invasive like if you're a messy slobby bitch you got to get your act together otherwise you're going to drive the other person crazy Mm -hmm. and if the other person's a messy slobby bitch it's okay to ask them to accommodate your needs as well but you also don't want to like crush their soul and their way of being what's your advice uh well i was gonna say that well i have a fire son and a fire ascendant so Apparently, that means I get frustrated or angry on the quicker side of things, and I can be, like, really blunt and snap, right? Like, my Libra moon might, like, lead me to put up with something that's making me bummed for longer than I should, and then by the time I'm ready to say something, it's just, like, bursting out of me, and then I say it, you know, like, instead of saying, like, hey, would you mind not doing that? Or, like, would you mind doing that in the other room? Instead, I'm like, could you knock that off, please? Jesus Christ. You yeah. know, so I think like adjusting to living with somebody, adjusting to living with a partner, you're going to want to like really try to tune in to your own needs and not just theirs so that you are taking care of yourself the best you can and creating an environment and creating, um, you know, as much harmony within yourself as you possibly can so that you can be a good partner and a good roommate, a good cohabitant to them, you know? Also, this is the more like trivial little bit of advice but one thing that's fun to do is use like the notes app or something like that and sync it up so it's on both your phones and put shopping lists on there like grocery lists and like target list or whatever and you can both add to it whenever you notice things need to be re-upped in the house because having two people tag team that shit was a big help oh yeah should we scoot to the next one yeah third question go for it from a virgo son with no name I once had a guy at a little guitar store guess my sign by my pedal choices, and he was super correct, and I watched him proceed to guess like three other people's signs on the same basis. I've read a little bit about each sign having their own frequency or something, but would that be a thing which would be able to be determined as a result of knowing these audio signal preferences? Or was this guy the ultimate long con mentalist? Blew my damn mind. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't know anything about this, but that sounds sick. That sounds fucking crazy. Uh, Can you please find his contact and connect him with the pod somehow? Or please. like give us his number? I would love to have him come on and talk about that. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I think that there there's something to being able to consistently guess someone's like major placements. 
I think that that's like not something that I'm going to attempt to explain in my psychology based podcast, but (laughs) there's something to it there. And it doesn't seem like he would just guess that. That seems crazy. Like they, that he would just be like, "Today I'm gonna pick a random astrology sign, and it's in a, you know, and then ha- and then have you witness it being correct, you know, a few times in a row." I guess when you see what types of pedals are on someone's board, it tells you a little bit about the person. Mm. It tells you about what kind of music they like to maybe listen to, and the kind of music that they make, their taste in gear, their like, you know, whether they're choosing their pedal housing aesthetically there's like oh i think you probably can ascertain a lot of info based on someone's pedal board but i've never tried for astrology but that's a fun game yeah you should try we should go find some people with pedal boards see what's up i don't think i know any Hmm. Hmm. well i guess we have to go paint our nails and watch a scary movie or something Uh so um and locate ice cream maybe find some stairs to fall down we're gonna go watch it follows and cry ourselves to sleep tonight no. Then our moms are going to come pick us up in the morning. Well, Chris, if you're out there. We miss you. Come home. Come home, please. We're going to take Cassie hostage. Oh, yeah. We're going to force her into a polygamous marriage if you don't come home soon. I don't Oops. know if we're going to have to force her. We should have had Cassie here for this episode. <gasps> a gross oversight. We fucked up. Okay, next slumber party episode. We're going to invite Cassie, Chris's beautiful wife. Yeah. And he's not going to have any idea, but we'll know. Incredible. Don't tell him at a show. We'll know. Who, we'll know it was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be cool. Well, speaking of Chris's wife, I'm H for the D. To the stars and back, baby. Oh.